So, hey everybody, we back again. We're back. We're live. I'm Spencer, and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nas. Dr. Big Boy Nas. Doctor. That's his middle name. Big Boy. Big Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and all the mental health aspects that surround them. We also like to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. It's up to you. There you go. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. And also, check out our sponsor, Bubs Naturals. Use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. They have a lot of good things, a lot of health and wellness stuff. This is MCT oil. I don't know what it does, but it's good. <laughs> Uh, also don't forget to check out our merch <laughs> you can go to our link tree and it'll be right in there um anything you want to say Nas, about the merch that or... beautiful sweater man look at that sweater there it's a hoodie it's a hoodie that's right. sweater. that's right we got some more things coming out i've i've drawn some ideas in my in my phone so we'll be having some more things come out as well oh great um, that's terrifying yeah. it'll be it'll be good don't worry about it don't worry about it. Um, but so before we get into anything, we have a special guest today. Her name is Dr. Olympia O'Neill White. Yes. Yes. She's joining our pod for today. Hello, my precious. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, y'all. Of course. Of course. Glad to have you. Glad to have a different perspective because that's what we're all about. Perspectives. A different spectrum. And a spectrum. Uh, I'm trying to get you together, you know, give you some uh, female perspective, seeing as, you know. You what are those? Side, but that's just fine. Ew. <laughs> what? She just <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Not the answer. I got to help y'all. <laughs> okay, okay. Appreciate it. All right. So, show that we're covering today is Queen Charlotte on Netflix. Uh, some topics we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be talking about love. We're going to be talking about bipolar disorder. A little bit of autism in there. A little bit. A little, little bit. bit. Always. Um, yes. And uh, we're going to be talking about a few more things. But um, so we're actually going to have Dr. O break it down for us um, after we watch the scenes. So, Nas, anything before we get into the scenes? Uh, super excited uh, to usher in our line of guests, as we said, for June and July. Um, we're starting with Dr. O first. Uh, she's going to kick it off. I'm super glad that we actually got this done and our executive functioning was good enough to like pay attention yeah. and like send out emails and shit. Even though supposedly they all went to spam, but that's a different story for a different day. I always get curved. Spam. <laughs> I can't get no love. I apologize for that already. Cleanest yeah. spam folder I've ever seen in my life. I know. I see one in spam there. in there. I ain't seen nothing. No yeah. hot local singles or nothing in there. It was just empty. <laughs> okay. Um, so the link tree. Uh, it's awesome to see a bunch of you clicking on that. Uh, so continue to get those free resources, worksheets, all the apps that you can use on your phone for self-help. And then, of course, I have some self-assessment things. Remember, these things can't diagnose you, but they are readily available. I'm not held liable for you doing that shit. But it's all good stuff. So therapists as well. Take them. Check them out. They're free. Uh, and lastly, shout out 
To New York, Jersey, and Cali, the top three, they have the biggest population, so it makes sense. Oh. Well, not necessarily Jersey. Um, but shout out to y'all for watching the pod. And Minneapolis, Minneapolis, for staying strong is the number one city. Uh, Before so, we get into anything, I've also noticed when I went to a Rick Ross concert that nobody from the South could say Minneapolis. They're like, Minneapolis. 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 And everybody in the crowd is just like, what the hell are they talking about? Metropolis. Minneapolis. Shout out. Shout out to Bobby. Who the fuck is Bobby? Okay. Uh, you my country grandma alone. <laughs> like grandma, no, no. Uh, so uh, let's get into the show. Let's check out the scenes. Brought to you by our promotion by Spencer. Um, whoop whoop. Let's get into it. Whoop whoop. Doctor O, we say whoop whoop now. Sorry. Oh whoop whoop. Thank you. Yeah. The energy. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, before we get into the show, please check out our collaborator, Bubs Naturals. They sell a variety of health and wellness products, including collagen peptides, MCT oil powder, coffee, apple cider vinegar gummies, and other amazing products. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. I just ordered their apple cider and vinegar gummies, and I'm excited to try them. If you are looking for a high-quality, all-natural health and wellness product, Bubs Naturals is a great option. The company offers a wide variety of items that are designed to improve overall health and well-being. So go check them out, and remember to use our code DSP20 when you check out. And with that, let's get into the show. A warm meal and a bath must be a balm. You see more yourself. You look better. Do you... do you feel better? You should not have come. I was most happy to come. No. I am so sorry. I should have come sooner. Do not fear. I shall remain by your side. No. Charlotte, listen to my words. You should not have come. I do not want you here. George. Go back to Buckingham House, please. Do you hear me? I said go back to Buckingham House. That is where you live. That is where you belong. Go. I do not want you. I want never to see you. Leave. Get out! I order you! No, George. Charlotte! You cannot force me away. I will not go. I command it! Go! I will stay! I command it! Please, Charlotte, please go. No. Charlotte, you are not listening to me. I am. I have heard that you wish I had not come, that you want me to go, that you do not want to see me. Charlotte. What I have not heard is that you do not love me. I have been suffering and alone and... Believing I am a failure as a wife and as your queen because you stay from me as though I am a disease. And then today it suddenly occurred to me that perhaps there is another reason, a better reason. Perhaps you stay away from me because you care for me. 
perhaps you stay away because you love me. Do you love me? I'm trying to protect you. Do you love me? I, I cannot. We cannot. This conversation isn't. I cannot do, do you this. Love me? I never wanted do to you marry. Love you. Me? I never, Charlotte, please stop. Is it because you do not believe that I could love you? I do. I love you, George. I love you so much that I will do as you wish. If you do not love me, all you have to say is that you do not love me and I will go. I will go back to Buckingham House and we can live our separate lives and I will have this baby alone and I will make do and fill my days and survive all on my own. I will do that. But first you have to say that you do not love me. You have to tell me that I am utterly alone in this world. I am a madman. I am a danger. In my mind, there are different worlds creeping in. I, the heavens and the earth collide. I, I do not know where I am. Do you love me? You do not wish a life with me for yourself. No one wishes George, that. George, I will stand with you between the heavens and the earth. I will tell you where you are. Do you love me? I love you! From the... Mo from the moment I saw you trying to go over the wall... I have loved you desperately. I cannot breathe when you are not near. I love you, Charlotte. My heart calls your name. <laughs> I wanted to tell you. I wanted you to know. This madness has been my secret my entire life. This darkness is, is my burden. You bring the light. George, it is you and me. We can do this together. with me. Charlotte. Oh, hello. Hello, George. It is quiet here. George, we have succeeded. Our son, Edward, he has married and his wife is with child. Edward, is he going to be a father? Yes. <laughs> Your line will live on. Our line. Our line.
You did not go over the wall. No, George. I did not go over the wall. We're back again. We live, like, like, like. I don't know. Good one. All <laughs> right. So, before we get into the clips, uh, Doctor O, tell us a little bit about you. Oh gosh, how, okay, how you well. doing? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm doing a lot better now that I can be Dr. O and not doctoral candidate. Okay. My hairline is growing back in. Life is great. Mine's um, great yeah. <laughs> but I am Dr. Olympia Neal White. I am a, a clinical social worker. Um, I specialize in some different things, uh, primarily reproductive health care and perinatal mental health. But I work all over the place um, with different diagnoses and disorders. I am in the United States military, so I am a military social worker, a little different, you know, Shout out. to the truth. And um, I also own a consulting company called Through My Lens Consulting Services, where I help social workers, uh, behavioral health folks, uh, obtain that awesome opportunity and secure the bag. I know that there's a lot of social workers that want to get into different spaces that struggle, academia, federal systems, or just working for cool institutions like Yale and Princeton and, you know, John Hopkins. I've helped social workers get gigs there. So that's what I do. Awesome. And where can we find you? Oh my goodness. You can find me on social media, the good old Google. Um, all you have to do is look up through my lens consulting services and I'm going to be the girl sitting there, you know, with the gold blazer cheesing at you. That's how you uh, Nice. Nice. And we'll be sure to link that in the bio and then, you know, link the accounts together so that you can share all this lovely podcasting on your yes. social media. We're going to share it. I look forward to We're going to share it all time. around and, and near. And, and yeah, I'm going to stop. But yeah, we're going to share it real good. All right. <laughs> and okay. uh, so what made you want to join the pod? <laughs> Talking to us. A couple of guys. I know Nas is goofy. Um, but besides that, oh, you. you know, I just, I uh, love dissecting shows. It's a little passion of mine, low key. Okay. And, um, you know, y'all got a lot of male energy going on right now. What? Well, or whatever. But uh, I want Take to girl. What? <laughs> I will cut you. Feminine energy to the podcast, you know, and talk about one of my favorite shows, uh, Queen Charlotte, that spin off mm -hmm. of Bridgerton. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm here for. Yeah. I think y'all have learned something today. Probably. I uh, learned shit. Yeah. <laughs> be optimistic, Spencer. Be optimistic. <laughs> no, he's he's not work well guy. in the past. Yeah. Not no. doing it now. I'm not gonna lie, my me and my mom was masculine as shit. She would probably beat up most people I know. So like I'm yeah, my mom didn't Mom play no games, so she was she was a fucking trooper. Uh, but 
As we know, I'm a large human and I tend to what? be very soft and feminine most of the time because people are usually scared of me and I'm of color, so it's a whole thing. So I'm pretty good at code squitching, uh, but uh, yeah. But masculine energy? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh no, I wanted to bring something different, so I'm excited about the talk. A little Caribbean spice. I'm going to edit that yes. out because that was wrong. Caribbean <laughs> spice. <laughs> Donna's gonna love that. She's gonna love it. Donna's so my partner. girlfriend's actually, yeah. So she's Jamaican and Trinidadian. So oh, not she Trini. Let yep. us pray. Now I'm picking it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so what's what's going on with this show? Uh, right. You you yes. sent me a list of stuff, and uh, specifically, why did you choose this? The show, why you infatuated show, and then kind of lay some of the context or like what the hell did we just watch? And then me and Spence will start to chime in with our peanut gallery stuff. Well, yeah, number one, Shonda Rhimes. Okay, I'm just gonna start there. Um, she is taking over the industry, she's doing a lot of awesome things, and she is actually the creator of this show, which is why I kind of got drawn to it in the first place. Um, the original of this show was Bridgerton and folks loved the actress that portrayed Queen Charlotte so much. She ended up getting her own spinoff. Mm. Um, you know, it talks about the fact that Queen Charlotte is and actually historically was, you know, a black Portuguese woman. So that in itself Did is kind of interesting you know, uh, the arranged marriage concept um, that was going on in the 1800s. Um, it talks a lot about mental health um, with uh, the king, you know, and what he was struggling with. And it also talks a lot about, you know, those hiccups in new marriages anyway. It literally walks through the day she met her husband um, to the day she married her husband, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought yep. that was extremely interesting. Not to mention, you know, those mother, those good old mother wounds, childhood trauma that uh, the king experiences with his mother. Um, that's depicted in the show. And one of the bigger topics is marriage and mental health. Um, the king obviously has some uh, some type of uh, mental health diagnoses, and he's attempting to navigate it alone, but that's not how things work in marriage. So, nope. you know, talking about how marriage and mental health, you know, how to navigate those things as a team um, and receive quality treatment and support from your partner. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like their marriage set up, you know, right? I just get the kid. You stay in some other part of the house and, you know, it's we're Gucci. Yeah. yeah. Stay away from each other. I don't need to yeah. see you. Why are you looking at me in the eye, you son of a bitch? Why are you looking at me through the window? Close your blinds. <laughs> there was a many different nights where, you know, she sat eating dinner by herself and she was OD pissed off about it. So <laughs> the show is actually mad interesting. It takes place in two different locations, the castle where the king stays and then the castle where he actually has her sent off to where she's staying. So it's an interesting dynamic. So it's like a Beauty and the Beast situation right now. Right? I'm not going to lie. That's... That's why I just told my father before this. I feel like he would be the beast in a lot of these ways yep. with the issues or, you know, quote unquote, disformity, which would be the bipolar disorder. Uh, right. And he's hiding away in the castle. I felt a lot of vibes with that. Yep. yep. Right. That was a perfect comparison. Ooh, I wonder if that's where they got the inspiration from. Probably. For, well, I, maybe that's where they got the Well, if this is a true story, then, or possibly true story, then that, but maybe yeah, this is where Disney got knows, the story. How? 
Yeah, who knows? Who knows I, I mean, yeah. it sells. I mean, they're both gorgeous. I mean, that sells itself. <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, Lord. Oh, there goes the masculinity. Oh, there it goes. Right over there. Oh, my lantern. We're making progress. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, you did not need to push that hard. It was just like that. Gay. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, I'm done. Oh <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, so, give us a little context, uh, right, for what the people just kind of watched in this scene. Instead of Spencer usually does these uh, introductions, I think we wouldn't do it justice uh, because it's not something that we watched. Obviously, I knew it was a big hit. Uh, Bridgerton, I knew this was big. Hell, I just seen there's a book, Queen Charlotte, uh, sitting in Sam's Club. Uh, you know, because the Sam's Club is, is, is big news. Yes. You literally just wrote that like a month ago. <laughs> like, just put it together. Put Queen Charlotte on. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> See that black woman? Put her in there. <laughs> Listen, the FaceTime, uh-huh. she's definitely moving the series forward and getting a lot of traction. I mean, yep. so scene one, right? Yeah. What you're seeing is, you know, the queen um, or Charlotte, you know, kind of coming in, she's enraged and she's, you know, she's kind of having at it with uh, the king and he's kind of trying to push her off, trying to dismiss her, trying to, you know, create an environment where she becomes upset and kind of leaves, which is what he's kind of going for. Right. And she is relentless. She's not letting up. She's kind of staying in that environment with him. And it is all attached to, I think, a fear of him getting close to her or her getting close to him rather. Like, okay, you know, you, you see me have a manic episode, like it's basically following this. She has now found out that, you know, he's going through these just gruesome and brutal medical treatments with this quack doctor. And so, you know, trying to figure out his diagnosis and manage his symptoms. And she fires the doctor. She says, uh, no, we're not living separately anymore. I'm going to be in your face, in your space all the time. You're just going to have to deal with it. And he's attempting to be as avoidant and dismissive as possible to try to protect her in a literal sense, but I think protect himself emotionally. That's what I think is going on. What you thinking, Nas? What you no, think? I completely uh, agree with how you laid the context because many of the folks may not have seen this show. I'm sure many of them have, but maybe they haven't. Maybe they will after this. Um, only thing I've seen of it is the clips that you sent. And so I watched through like those kind of like greatest hits of the six episodes. So I got a lot of the context, like kind of what's going on, because you can piece it together. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into therapizing it, him and her, um, in a second. So before we have you talk about the second scene, we'll probably just go ahead and dive right into the first one. Uh, mm. Young man, Spencer. Yes. King of Toth. I don't know what that means. Uh, Toth. I don't know. It's from Game of Thrones. I think. Oh my god! It's one of those places. It's probably like the shittiest king ever. <laughs> probably like the kid king. I mean, oh. the only one that's probably worse is the one from Emperor's New Groove, right? Emperor's New Groove. Are you talking about um, Emperor 
Oh, I know this. Yes, the llama. Kuzma? Kuzma? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, something like that. I mean, She's we're going right. we're going bad guys. I'm going uh I'm going Aladdin with the creepy dude with the snake staff. I'm going him, Jafar. Jafar did so. Jafar? Yeah. If you're going bad guys, hmm, that's a tough one. Because he's, he's trying to be the king. Hades. Hades number one right there. Hades? Yeah. He's got he's mad lazy. I'm just almost the same complexion for you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Blue? Gray? What? <laughs> what were your reactions watching to this uh this thing man? i mean i kind of said already just kind of the comparison to beauty and the beast already um kind of remind me of that um where he wants to um he wants her in the vicinity but he doesn't want to be close to her, right? Kind of having like kind of an object in a way of like just kind of looking at it um, or looking at her and then going from there and not really trying to dig a little deeper because he's fearful of what she might think of him because I think she, he's more afraid that she might leave rather than um, on her own will maybe instead of him kind of um, doing it himself and asking her to leave. So that's why he's kind of yelling at her and being like, just go, just go back to the house instead of like just leaving in general. Um, Cause I don't know if at that point there was divorce. At, I don't think there was, I don't think it was divorce at that point in time. Um, so I wonder if that played a factor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty intense scene. Pretty it is seeing what you look at him. You know? I told you it was. Him just being like, get away from me. I'm a monster. Monster. And he literally called himself a monster, right? In that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a beast. You're like, ah, I got it. See? You know, yeah, he said it. He I'm said it. I'm a monster. It. I'm a gangster. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just talking about the things that he's he sees and um just his distorted thinking. And mm-hmm. it was he it was it was straight. It was the sabotage for me. It was the self-sabotage. He oh, yeah. was attempting to shove her so far away, just like you said. So maybe she leaves by his own sabotage in comparison to oh, her, yeah. of her own free will. So it was definitely fear. Totally. And that's kind of the thing is like, um, Nas is probably going to talk about this a lot more with his clients and stuff, but um, a lot of the times it's like, we want to act like we're going to be better when we're alone, but let's be honest, if she wasn't there, um, especially helping kind of take care slash um, understanding what, or not really understanding, but kind of just helping him cope with what he's going through. um, He'd probably be a lot worse um, if he was just in that kind of isolated state all by himself and not really, um, even talking to anybody. Um, so, and who knows what would have happened if, you know, that quack of a doctor kept on doing like his experiments and stuff on him. So what a Friday's brain. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, What a Friday's brain. Uh, I was thinking Spence, when you were talking that, you know, some people do this thing where they, I don't want you to go, but mm. I will literally become the worst version of myself to push you away. Now you have an excuse to leave me. So it mm. is self-sabotage, but not subconsciously. It's like very conscious where I can do this to push you away. Some people don't want it to happen. Some people do want it to happen. He sounded like he was trying to sacrifice. I got other clients mm. that will sacrifice themselves, the relationship, 
to make sure that the other one is happy because they mm -hmm. believe that they themselves are so damaged. <clears throat> and I got some that do it as a game. They will push you away to see if you will push them uh, to break up with them. And thus now that has validated all their fears and insecurities because mm -hmm. you left. Look, everyone always leaves me. It's like, yeah, I I, we, we leaving you because you crazy as shit. Like you doing all these horrible things. You pushing me away. Um, and I, I said the crazy shit thing and I'm going to get into a bunch of other things in a second where I do not mean that at all um, <clears throat> but right, some people are doing it intentionally some people do it unintentionally it depends and so that's when it comes into that counseling with the person that's in front of you and like picking apart what the hell is going on here uh, mm -hmm. so obviously she needs some counseling to advocate for herself and he needs some counseling to get rid of what uh, Dr. O said Shame, guilt, the pressure from the parents, the the, the patriarch or matriarchy of what they live in, right? The monarch. Um, it's just a lot. And to be damaged goods, no one likes to be damaged goods, but technically we're all damaged goods. The thing is, can you find beauty in it? Do you find someone that loves you for those flaws, for that genetic mutation or adaptation that it is humanity? We'll get into that in a second. What I think about the scene, uh, you know, you're watching it, and obviously I don't like yelling uh, because yelling invokes some emotions in me. So that's intense. Uh, and then he starts to break down, and he starts to say, I'm a monster. And he says, the worlds are colliding in my mind. So I thought about a ton of my different clients, anxiety, uh, uh, OCD, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, Right. And specifically autism. Um, he says, you don't you don't want to live with me. You don't want this burden. You don't want this monster or beast or pathologies that I have to be transduced or, tran or put onto you. You don't want that. I know you don't want that because I don't want this shit. So why would I want you to want this? If I love you, then why would I want you to be with me? Someone that's so fucked up. There's I mean, redeemable. I get where he's coming from. It's it's quite romantic, completely flawed, but quite romantic. Um, it's intense. It's a lot of love and passion. She gets him to say, I love you because she's good. I mean, she's smart as a whip. She's like, I hear all the shit you're saying. But I didn't hear that. You <laughs> did, I didn't hear that you didn't love me. So. And I think there's so much attached to that in itself, you know, like, cause at this point in the show, she's seen his manic episode. She's seen him at his absolute, like I'm, I'm outside naked calling to the moon. And I've named this bitch. She has seen the worst of what those episodes can look like. And it's almost like there's just the level of respect that you have to give that she chose. She chose to love him as he is knowing the symptomology, knowing, you know, the challenges that they may face or having a good idea of what it could look like, you know? And I think there, there was a lot of strength in him honestly saying what his fears were. I know you don't want this. You don't deserve this. I love you. So you, you know, I'm not going to volunteer this type of thing for you, but for her, it was the exact opposite because I love you. I'm going to walk this past with you. You know, you're worried about the world colliding. I'm going to tell you exactly what world you're in. <laughs> I'm going to support you while we're going through this. So I think that that in itself, it kind of speaks to that love 
love being determination, love being a choice, it being a lot more action oriented than just a feeling. So tell me something, Doc. What you got, why, she, why she? Why she? Why she love him? Why? Why would anyone love someone like that? Specifically, why does she love him? Do you know? And if she does, or you do know, I can relate that to everyone else that's listening because all of us deal with this issue. Every single person on this podcast has a fear that there's something wrong. I don't care how confident you are, how pretty you are, how much money you have. All of us have a little bit of like, you look in the mirror and you're like, what? Survive. Spencer's like, no, I don't. I'm like, yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh, let me tell you something. I remember back in 2014, you was acting real funny. Yeah, I seen it in your in your jiggle. I mean, I, that's such. It's loaded, but at the same time, it's so simple of a response. The reality is, there's someone out here for everybody, regardless of the lived experiences you have, the trauma you've endured, the medical diagnosis or mental health diagnosis you're navigating. There is someone for every everyone, and I find it extremely interesting that Queen Charlotte, you know, even though sure this is a you know fake made up show, um, it has a lot of historical roots and truths. Queen Charlotte actually was, you know, this this black Portuguese woman that was married, had an arranged marriage to King George, who actually did have a real life mental health diagnosis. Like it was a whole thing. Um, and there are a lot of couples that are navigating things like that now, today, yep. whether we're talking about, you know, mental health concerns, whether we're talking about insecurities or shoot, just simple imposter syndrome of, of all people, you gonna choose me? Like, there's a lot of folks up out here. I'm sure there's a woman a little better than me, and you are, for some reason, staring in my face. Um, <laughs> I would encourage folks to consider looking at themselves from the eyes of their partner. You know? Like, what? ask the question. If you truly want to know, ask, why did you choose me? Hear the things, because uh, I feel like people have, it's so much easier to recall crap about yourself than it is to recall the good things. Yep. Um, or like, it's so much easier. I think it's easier to stare in a mirror when you're actually goal oriented, like to doing something. Some people have a problem actually seeing themselves on a regular basis. And I think that's attached to a lot of insecurity or just social grooming around, you know, humility and this and that. And the reality is you fall in love with yourself first. And then once you do that, it's so much easier to span that love outward. And I think Queen Charlotte had the privilege of knowing her worth, her value and loving herself and being able to stretch that out to her man. I'm with it. Uh, I'm going to take it a step back. I don't even need you to love yourself. I don't even need you to be happy. I just need you to not hate yourself. I'm shooting for content with a lot of my clients. I'm shooting with, you know, can we just not like not want to die? Uh, can we believe that there's something maybe possibly one day, 10 years from now, after this or that, that you might have a chance, a percentage of being happy? And if I can get a client to say yes, I'm like, haha, fucker, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> there's some hope. There is. I was, uh, I remember a conversation with a human and, uh, you know, said, a human in comparison to another species, but go ahead. I always say human. And then my client said, why do you always say human? Is it because of this gender stuff? I said, no, you asshole. I just like saying human. 
All right, uh, didn't need to go to the asshole. Just asking a question. Well, uh, I tend to be volatile, so I need I need my well, therapy. The teddy bears ain't working. Uh, <laughs> they don't was, love me. I'm trying to tell you, I'm pushing them away. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're the beast in the situation. And I your little plushy toys are like about the, areas little myself. household things that talk. Yeah, <laughs> they are household things that talk. Very hairy. It's a thing. <laughs> smell <laughs> oh my god all, all right. right so i was talking to this human and, and uh i said i'm just trying to get you to a place to be proud look 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 you're good to, you're good now last week you felt like death but this week two weeks later three weeks later you you're good you're like uh, look at all these steps that you took the process that you took the advocacy that you did you ate some crow aka meaning Metaphor is you ate some shit, aka meaning you went and had to like suck up to some people that you didn't want to. You had to have a conversation with people that you didn't want to and apologize. You did what you needed to do to succeed. And now you come back to me pretty solid and like you have a different perspective. I said, aren't you proud? She said, proud? No, I never say that word. Why wouldn't you say that word? Because that's a sin. Uh, pride is a sin. I said, okay. So you, you can just never be proud because it's in the Bible and that's how you've been trained? He said, yes, but technically worry is a sin as well. And so now I'm stuck. Either way, I'm sinning. I said, yep, you fucked. <laughs> so which one do we die with? Do we die with the worry or do we go with the pride? Well, I, I don't want to be this proud person, this narcissistic person. I want to be like humble and well-mannered. I said that I didn't ask you to go preaching this shit out in the streets and treating people terribly. That's not who you are. I asked you in this moment, in my office, held by confidentiality, are you happy with the output, the things that you did last week? Yes. So you're proud. Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, having conversations with neurodivergent folks sometimes is heartwarming. That's the word I'll use. Um, sure. It's the struggle. I mean, because I think back to clients that I've worked with, you know, historically, and I think about, you know, some of those tougher diagnoses that folks kind of just scan over, especially when we're talking about adults, right? Um, ADHD um, and how, you know, unmedicated, no therapy and living with that diagnosis can look very different than what it's portrayed as for a, th you know, a, a third grade kid you Correct. know, a second or third kid, right? And so, you know, just kind of supporting folks in seeing themselves or seeing the possibilities of what is possible for their life beyond their symptomology, you mm -hmm. know? Um, you know, I remember once upon a time working with someone who truly the concern, I, I can't even do daily tasks. It takes me, you know, weeks to prepare to do something simple, you know, and my partner, my partner is perfect. They have this, they have that. They, you know, are able to complete tasks in a timely manner. I don't even know why they're hooked up with me, you know, and, and just kind of going in this merry-go-round of, I'm not going to say negativity, but just self-doubt, you know, self-worth and value. You know, so sometimes it looks like showing them, hey, this is what it can look like for you to be successful with your diagnosis. I love referring uh, my clients on the spectrum to Atypical. I love that show. I love refer referring my clients to uh, Good Doctor. 
Um, I, you know, seeing, and so they can see that there are folks with challenges that are navigating life and it might not be perfect, but they're navigating life successfully. So I think even this show with Queen Charlotte, you know, and the King and the Queen navigating relationships, intimate relationships with, you know, a mental health diagnosis. It's not perfect, but it's very possible and you can see happiness and success in it. So, yes, it's a thing. Uh, And so the human, she, she, she goes, you know, I don't see how this could work out with me being happy in the future with like a romantic partner. I said, well, why not? And then we talk about the reasons on why they are defunct, broken, damaged, worlds colliding in their head, the specificities in which they need in their life to, uh, to function appropriately. And so I'm going to diverge the conversation from his bipolar disorder, where many of my neurodivergent clients feel like they are too much, or they are not enough, or they're OCD... Borderline personality, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever it is, the worlds are colliding in their head almost all the time for some. And the emotions are too. And so it can be very deregulating. And to have a partner that's regulated, that's calm, so maybe more chill, more well put together like the queen, and then to be him, King George, where you're like, fuck, you don't want this. Uh, And so I remember I had a client, they said... uh, Months went by, months, maybe a year went by, and they came back on my roster, and I seen it on the schedule, and I smiled. And they sat in my office, and I said, uh, after we got done talking, because it was kind of weird, I said, were you nervous about coming back? They said, yeah. I said, why? I failed you. So what the fuck are you talking about? He said, I was broken. I'm obviously back here in your office, which means I am no good at this. I'll never be better. I will always need something. I will always have these breakdowns, these anxiety attacks, these frustrations, these inappropriate relationships where I can't figure out how to function in people around others. I said, nah, homie, that's not what it is. And I thought about you. I smiled. I couldn't wait to fucking see you. And do you give me a headache? Yes. But I couldn't wait to see you in my office. They said, why would you say that? Because the person that you are is just heartwarming. Some humans you meet are just like, this is a good person. Well, I'm a good person. I can't quantify why exactly you're a good person, but I see who you are. I see all these good qualities, but you only point out the shitty ones. I got other clients and me and Spence, we were in the production show before this is, you know, they have breakdowns and, you know, they deregulate and they have pretty bad crying spells, pretty bad. And they get real negative and Maybe they'll start to self-stimulate and they'll start to hit themselves. Sometimes it could be in the forehead. It's it, I've seen it. It can get ugly. And their partner's like, hey, I can't be with you anymore if you're going to keep doing this. I told, I sent you the nods. You were getting better, but, you know, we still have our spells. And she goes, what's the point? What's the point? I might as well just drop out and quit. What's the point of doing this? Uh, I said, well, no, you're not quitting your fucking degree. No, we're doing this fucking PhD. Where you're getting ready to get tore off. You already got the job locked up. <laughs> you owe me 10% of that shit. Like, let's be cool. Let's be for real. Now. Listen. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's the worst I've seen this person cry ever. Uh, it's because they believe that they were so messed up that who would ever want to be with them, even though they found love. They never thought they would find love, but they did. So that means that they can replicate it because they found it. 
Because before you didn't even think there was a human, but then you found the human. So you already know this is bullshit what you're saying because you found it. And now you're a better person and you're healthier and you just don't dysregulate as much. And you got a fucking job. And you're not in the school that's oppressive as shit and you can actually do what you need to do and set more firm boundaries. But you will need a therapist for you specifically. You would need a therapist to talk things out. What's wrong with that? So no divergent individual for the shit that you're going through. Are you crazy? No. I said, you sat down in my office today. We have coffee and we talk. And then you cried. And then I cried. Big fucking deal. Soon you won't need me or people like me, but you deserve love. I said, I got a lot of love for you in this office. You don't see me making fucking coffee for everyone in here. Ain't your goddamn butler. Uh, and the human smiles. I think that many of us need to look at this scene and we can use this to relate in this scene to we're not as damaged as we think that we are. Spence, I was we're talking not. to, I talked to another human a couple, couple weeks ago. And I said, uh, I said, would you date yourself? She's like, I don't even know. And I was like, me? Fuck no, I'm not dating me. And then, <laughs> but then I said, what version of me? Because am okay. I putting on the show and being funny or am I just being the more hyper-focused, very quiet, just on the laptop grinding. Like, which version? And so we had some really long conversations on would they date themselves. Mm-hmm. Question mm-hmm. for both of you. Would you actually date yourself? And not a narcissistic way, and we're not talking about any sexuality stuff. Like, if you were, you know, the other person, whatever, would you date yourself? For me, I don't know. I think I would be attractive in many ways. Cause you know, I look good. <laughs> I won't even go on there. Shit, I was going like uh, I'm yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean, I sit there and I think about it and I'm like, hmm, would I date myself? I think what you you kind of hit the nail on the head with depends on what version of me. Yes. Because, you know, once upon a time, you know, I was that person who had those insecurities and lacked that confidence and things of that sort. And I could only be imagine being the person that I am today interacting with that person. It would not work out. It would not work out. Right. (laughs) Oh, hell no. (laughs) It would not. Right. Which I think we can even relate to the scene there where it's like, you know, the queen quite literally was accepting him for who he presented as in that moment. She wasn't necessarily falling in love with or romanticizing the situation. It was quite literally, do you love me? If you love me, I know that I love you and I'm willing to deal with this is my threshold. This is what I'm willing to deal with. It's kind of like choice, you know, and in so many ways, he was trying to take that choice from her by trying to keep her safe. But the reality was she was making that choice and she was choosing him. So would I choose myself? If we're talking about old Olympia, absolutely not. Today, you know, I might consider it because, you know, she kind of fly. Here you go. <laughs> um, maybe. I mean, you know, just for the laughs. Just for the laughs, you know. Oh, Pretty you funny. <laughs> Just for the voices. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Now are these voices in your head? Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Head. <laughs> Diving deep. Stomach. They're there. 
stomach, ass, whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Probably. I mean, it's it's a weird question. I, think I have know. a good sense of humor. Yeah, it's a weird one because it's like you know, once you like internally look at things, but at the same time, it's like even with your partners, you don't show everything like all at once. You always kind of you know steadily show them like who you are and mm-hmm. things like that and so i mean probably probably it depends on the entities and what time and place so i use this exercise to split diverge uh, same thing i do with ocd so my folks are neurodivergent what we do with eating disorders we take bits of them and we set them aside you do not identify mm-hmm. as your disorder he does not i'm not just a bipolar person i'm a person that happens to be bipolar but I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm funny, I can cook, uh, I smell good, shit, I'm gorgeous, whatever it is, uh, right? You're helpful, you're, you're a good son, father, a king, whatever, you're intelligent, you like puns, whatever, the, whatever. you look kinky. Whatever it there is, you there you go. <laughs> you know, um, let me stop, because I just yeah. had a lot of visuals, just candles burning on me. Just stop it. Just stop it. Don't even say that. Why little would you say Ni- Little Nikki. I just had little Nikki scenes. Um, shut up. <laughs> I'm done. Keep going. I'm Jesus. Um, and so you can love someone and love bits and parts of their, you know, the, the issue or disorder too. You, right, you don't, you love all of them. You don't just hold one subsection, one category against them. Could that be a con? Yes, it's a con because you know it comes with issues. You know dealing with bipolar disorder, mania, you have to be on medication to help you regulate. This This is not me like saying, oh, you should. No, you need to be because it's a degenerative uh, issue, which will get worse and worse and worse over time, if not medicated, not treated with therapy to help them bring down the mania because the mania will allow them to be much more risky and hurt themselves, most likely themselves, not really others, but themselves. Um And I do that with clients all the time. This is one thing. They could love you for so much. There's so much to you than just this one thing. You're not just an athlete. You're not just a shut up and dribble like me and Spence have talked about on here and how we treat a lot of black black folk uh, basketball, football players uh, or women. You're not just one thing. So why are we just saying that no one will ever love you because of this one thing? Now, if you're being trashed because your issues, your mental health issues and... You're making suicidal gestures all the time and you're manipulating people and you're not taking care of yourself. You're not functioning well, then, okay, we need to get you in a healthier place. I didn't say cure. I don't believe in cure. Uh, We just learn how to manage our shit. But if you can get into a healthy place where you're not hurting your partner, so if they have to support you because you cry and break down, who gives a fuck? That's a relationship. Reciprocity. You will help them. Well, they're, they're always helping me. Well, get that fucker to open up. So we can start providing some support for them at times. Right. Um, but they're always helping me unless they're tired. Do you know that? Have you talked to them about this? Communication um, with mental health and intimate relationships is so important. And, and sometimes it starts simply at disclosure, which seems to be one of the toughest things to do just being able to you know disclose hey this is my situation this is you know a part of my journey is this something you know and giving choice hey 
this is the situation. This is what I have or what I'm dealing with. Is this something that you're able to navigate with me or in the relationship, you know? And at the end of the day, people have choice, right? So you could produce the information, you know, put the information out there and, you know, they say, hey, I don't have the bandwidth for this. And if that's the case, okay, wonderful. Please don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Like, you know, allow that to kind of, uh, allow that person to rotate out so the person that's meant for you rotates in there is no perfect person walking this earth like not one regardless of the degrees the disorders the whatever whatever there's not one perfect person so everybody's gonna have their shit and it's kind of everyone has their baggage and to a certain extent it's up to the other person to decide if that's luggage they want to support you in carrying or not it is and it's about what do they find appealing to you? And I get the self-love thing. I just want you to be kind of content with some things. And then you'll demand respect because you will be content with who you are and what you want, what your needs are. And if someone doesn't love you for some of these other things, these tertiary things, it is what it is. You will find other people that will love you for the whole entity of you and not just disqualify you because it's one thing. As long as you're making strides to be healthy. I didn't say fix. I didn't say well. I didn't say perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. And Spence, so as soon as Spence starts shaking his head, I was like, what perfect individuals are there? And then I thought of the scene from Ted Lasso when they start listing all those perfect things. They're like, nothing's perfect. Except for Jaws. I I, I think about Barbie. That's going to sound really dumb, but I think about Barbie and Ken when I think perfect. And last time I checked, both of them bitches. No genitals. So, correct. <laughs> Both of them bitches cracked it. Hey. And I'm just dropping a whole new movie about how imperfect Barbie is anyway. Oh, there you go. Pretty much. Yeah, it's like a new Barbie movie with, um, what's her name? Um, Maggie Robert? Harley Quinn. Yeah. yeah. Harley Quinn, yes. The yeah. one that played Harley Quinn. So yeah. Maggie and then Ryan Reynolds. So I, as soon as you said yeah. perfect, I thought of them as well. Yeah. Um, and all the pink. Kind of Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> or Oppenheimer. That came out, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not a thing. We're all flawed. We're all miraculously flawed. Uh, and somehow those worlds will collide with other people's worlds. He used that quote in there. Um, the reason why I picked these scenes, you specifically picked the show, you showed me the scenes, I picked these scenes, is I, I deal a lot of caseloads with this. A lot of caseloads with this where people are just like, I'm trash. And let me tell you why I'm trash. And I'm like, okay. And then they keep going, they keep going, and they list all the negatives. And then I try to get them to list some positives, right? And it goes blank. The roster's blank. Uh, so me and Spence just did a, a pod on Ted, remote three pods on Ted Lasso. And remember that scene where he talks about his dad, his dad who committed suicide, his dad. Tell me what you loved about him. Remember that scene? Yep. Yep. That seems to be so hard for people to say anything good about anyone, anyone or, or themselves. But then he just started spewing stuff. And then he talks about how much he loved his father. And maybe if he told his father, he loved him just a little bit more, maybe he wouldn't have hurt himself. That's a lot for a little boy to have on his shoulders. Um, But maybe you can love yourself and maybe you will hate yourself, but you can have both of those at the same time. This is not black and white. You can hold both of these contemplations, these ideas, these thoughts and beliefs at the same time. The question is, can your therapist get you there? 
can you start to recognize some shit that maybe you're good at one thing? And I think this is a wonderful scene and show to talk about love. Love is not unconditional. I don't think that's really a thing that exists. There's conditions on your children. There's conditions on everything. Some people have more. Some people have less. In a relationship, there will be more. Um, for your children, there'll be a little bit less. As long as you, like, don't murder anyone. Or, like, you know, come, like, super fucking terrible. Uh, and, like, your parents yes. will be cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're fine. All right. Yeah. Cool people. I mean, as my father would say all the time when I left the house, don't do nothing I wouldn't do. Well, if you know my father, he would do a lot of crazy shit. And so and he's incarcerated for nine years, too. So he's like, hey, man, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You know, you know just don't get caught. Uh, but no, if you come home and you fuck it up, I won't say anything. I'll look at you and you'll know that this was wrong. Never had to tell me anything because I would never disappoint. Uh, I'd never do that. Even though I did fuck up a lot of things, I never intentionally meant to disappoint. And so we would just look at me, and that'd be it. And then and that'd be it. And then there'd be some coaching. Uh, maybe the next day, a couple days later, and then it'd be the same repetitive fucking sentence over and over for 15 years. Me as a therapist. Me being very repetitive. Uh, clients would be like, Nas, I got it. You don't have to tell me again. We're going to go over this shit one more time. One, <laughs> one, one more time. Just in case the just FBI... Okay, FBI, come and ask you some questions now. We're going to go over this shit one, one, one more game. And then as soon as I ask them to report bad, and this is a funny but real, they'll go to the doctor, they'll go to this therapy, they'll go to whatever it is. And they're like, so why'd you come here today? Nas told me to come. That motherfucker, that's not what we went over. I told you exactly what to say, word for word, and your explanation was Nas told me I needed to be here. <laughs> this bald Mexican Arab told me. Like, yeah, <laughs> the big genie. <laughs> you know that one guy. I told my client the other day, and this is funny, and we'll get back on track here. I said, "I know how, it was like the Michael Jordan scene that we broke down from the mayor. I know exactly how this is going to go. This is going to play out with your doctor. I'm sending to you in the community. You're going to say mm -hmm. this. They're not going to give you anything. You will counter with this. They will ask you, how do you know about this? You will say your therapist. They will give you something else, not what you asked for. And it yeah. happened just like that." Um, and they said they gave me Lexapro. I said, it's a really good medicine. I like that medicine. Works with a lot of my clients. Low side effects. No sexual dysfunction issues. What a lot of my clients report with most of the other antidepressants. I wanted them to talk more to the doctor about Pristique. I get it. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not prescribing anything. I don't have that fucking power. But I also know it works well with my clients with their symptomology. So I push them to advocate for themselves when they go into the doctor. And, of course, the doctor goes, you know, Why? 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 That's not what he should be doing. But then, like, oh, I'm really glad that your doctor asked you to get medication. Like, yeah, my client is anxious as fuck and can't operate. Help them. Uh, so we talked about advocating. We talked about people of color. Some of these doctors, just because they're skin folk, don't mean they're kin folk. And so my client goes, well, you know, there's someone of color, too. Same ethnicity. I'm not going to give away the ethnicity. I said, I ain't going to lie. I had the worst luck with people that are Arab uh, as my doctor. Um, the best luck has been with black women or white women, not, not men. Uh, they've been more caring, empathetic, compassionate. Um, some of the other folks, not as much. When my fellow uh, Arabs is not as much. So I told my father, we got to get away from these folks, man. They're looking at us wrong. They're, th they're contextualizing things wrong. Um, does that go for everyone? No. I'm just saying, don't always trust. Don't always pick your doctor because it's the same ethnicity or same gender. And you can doctor shop. So I told my client, I said, well, it looks like we're going shopping. 
because you like your OBGYN, you like your gastrointestinal doctor, but this doctor's treating you poorly. And it's not because they didn't give you what you didn't want. You asked them for multiple things and they told you to go fuck yourself. And you already had a bad day at work. And so now you're going to go pay a doctor 150 some dollars to go help you with your stomach issues and anxiety. And then they shit on you. Now nah, we don't play that game. Listen, I find it. I think uh, I appreciate you saying doctor shop. Cause I'm like, well, listen, it just, and it's the same thing with a provider, right? Like everybody doesn't map out when, when I honestly saw this show, I was sitting there and I felt as a provider, I was like, yo, <laughs> there's so many things wrong with this quack ass doctor there are yes. so many things wrong in this moment and if only he had the ability to see just the awesomeness that was available in today's society you know what that could what his health could have would have looked like you know um him being able to function and, and really addressing those issues but i guess i say all that to say just for listeners like listen you know and not every therapist is for you. Not every provider is for you. And sometimes you have to go through one, two, three, four, seventeen bad ones, you know, to, <laughs> hey, <if laughs> to you go find the one that's meant for you. I think that's the word would have gotten out by then. Like, yeah, um... I'm just saying. Sometimes you have to go through and figure out. Mm, you don't really mesh with my style. Mm, you too straight face. Mm, you laugh too much. You know. Sometimes you have to figure <laughs> out what works. I think it might be a little too strict there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, if you go through 17, let me be honest, you're the issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's be honest, you go through like five, it's like, damn. Um. Yeah, you go through five and they all said the same thing, bitch, you crazy? You probably crazy. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. I'm just saying. I 100% like, agree. Nowadays, we have the power of choice and opportunity, yep. you know, we talk about folks that live in more remote areas, you know, more isolated. Don't throw out the idea of telehealth, teletherapy, things of that sort. You Correct. know, it's definitely available and out there. So, uh, funny side story, um, real quick, real quick side quest. Uh, working with couples, and they work. They saw a, a provider for couples therapy, and you know, uh, my boy Arab, and he goes, "You know what? Yeah, I don't like that white lady. She said just get divorced." And I'm like, "Okay." So I hear him out, listen to this and that. And I say, hey, you know, so I don't really know what you're coming for me for. Uh, just because she was white doesn't mean that she was wrong. Because mm. I don't see how you fixing this. Uh, this is this is bad. This is real bad. And he cracked mm -hmm. up with me. He cracked up. And I told the other therapist, I said, by the way, your client, when the clients tried to shit on you, I had your back. And I said, she <laughs> might be white as a ghost, but she was spot on with this one. I don't know how to get you out of this one, brother. Oh, she white she and redhead. Oh, she she wanted to. She... Oh, a leprechaun. I gotcha. Yeah. 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 She get she get burned uh, just thinking about the sun. Had nothing to do with each other on that one. I was right. No. Yeah. Her race, ethnicity, gender had nothing to do with that one. This this is bad. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to go get a pot of gold. <laughs> the pot of gold was the divorce certificate. Fucking Irish people get the fuck on my face. Uh so. Uh, um, as we look at this, let me look at my list. <laughs> We've talked about many of these things on here. Uh, the last thing was pretty much, and we talked about it really the shame and guilt that he withholds. And so why people don't want to come out with things they'll put on the face that everything is done well, put together, professional, articulate, eloquent, uh, at some of these shows, if you look at the show, Cause I just finished it. Cause I want to do one scene from it. The marvelous Miss Maisel, um, 
on Amazon that won some awards. And the first season, you know, she's putting on makeup before she even wakes up so her husband can see her perfect, beautiful. So if you feel like you need to mask that much, and obviously that, that show was shot in the 60s. Um, I mean, obviously oh, it's inappropriate. Still doing it. There are still, well, I can't even say, there are still people doing that. It is I believe it. Oh, 100%. You put on that show. Um, and I think that's what he was trying to do, and that's what was killing him. He was putting, pushing him away from someone that truly loved him for him. And then it almost makes you think, well, they must be fucking crazy because why would they love me? So I need to break up with this person because they're fucking idiot. Don't fall for the trap. Consult, talk, write in your journal. Don't just sit in there with all the craziness in your head. And if you are bipolar and have a manic issues like depicted in the story, seek professional help. It can be helped out. I know many of you are going to enjoy the mania because it's fun and you're excited and you're happy and you don't fucking sleep. And maybe you're doing a ton of drugs and having a ton of sex. It's all fun stuff. Yeah. Woohoo. It will destroy many of your relationships. It will lead to very poor outcomes in the future. Degenerative things. So let's let's cycle on over now that we talked about autism, ADHD, executive functioning, marriages, communication. Um, let's cycle on over to that second scene and then let's start to wrap her up. Well, wrap this up. Yeah. I don't want to wrap her up. Wrap her up. I mean, up. she's she's pretty though, so She's a present now. Yeah. I mean, if is it a two for one deal? Let me stop. I'm gonna bring my tea. <laughs> <laughs> she, drink her, she looks those big my with big eyes you have, <laughs> Dr. O. Oh my, my. Yeah, I'm gonna drink my tea. But I mean with with the second scene, you like you see her walking in and she's excited she's ready to share this stuff with her husband and he is actively in a manic state he is writing on the walls he's talking to himself he is actively there and tuned in he is clocked in and she's attempting to bring him back realizing yeah he's not receptive to me right now and you like you see the frustration at first, which makes sense because damn, if I'm trying to get your attention to tell you about my great day, and you up here talking about the solar system and drawing drawing on damn walls, I'll be mad too. But you know, she took that moment, she got frustrated, but then she remembered how to reach him. She remembered, you know, at the end of the day, he needs to be grounded. He has to be brought out of this. And she got on the floor and waited for him. And he recognized that and got down there with her, which was interesting because it was the exact same thing that she had learned to do back when they were younger and she had no idea about the diagnosis, you know? So just kind of laying there with him and then divulging all the information, you know, telling him about the great news and he's back, he's here, he's dialed in talking to her and just watching that communication and the flashbacks to their youth, it, it, it it was beautiful. It, it was tear worthy. You know, if I didn't love the show so much, I definitely would have had that Denzel glory tear because it, it, was, it was Jesus cool. Christ. Yeah, it was awesome. Like just watching <laughs> them interact. The Denzel glory tear. Yes. That is the context of the Denzel glory yeah. tear. Slightly different. He wasn't really like looking at a Netflix show. You know, <laughs> just, Netflix he was getting saying, whipped. Okay, don't be disrespectful. <laughs> Netflix is was. <laughs> <laughs> they are on it with these shows but i mean just i don't know i guess being like serious like she 
you got to see her accepting him as he was and not only accepting him, but meeting him where he was, you know, and, and seeing how long their relationship lasted and, and all them going from him having manic episodes, howling at the moon in the moonlight naked in their youth and yelling and screaming about not being together to now they're in this, you know, elderly state, they're older, they have adult children, they now have grandchildren coming, you know, they've lived this full life. And, and just kind of watching them still have that love and respect for each other, even though the mental health concerns are still there. You know, it was awesome. So get with somebody that is going to accept you for who you are and meet you where you are. Meet you where That's you are. Uh, yeah, I think the most uh, powerful part. So I... I I learn while other people are talking. So I just like sitting and talking. If I don't remember to move my face into like, oh, like, like, oh yeah, you're making sense and nod, then I can look very like just zone the fuck out. So I tend to like have to remember to use facial expression because my kind of like, are you mad at me? No, why? What happened? <laughs> you're just staring off into space. Oh, I was paying attention. What was I talking about? Side quest. I remember being at science camp for only minorities, poor minorities, uh, and it's where I met one of my homies, uh, a lot of my homies, actually. And uh, I'm completely zoned out, playing in my chair, having fun. Professor thinks I'm not paying attention. Nazir, what's the answer? Seven. And everyone's like, what the fuck? I'm not, I mean, no one knows that I'm neurodivergent at the time or ADHD. I'm just doing my own thing in my own world. And like, I'm paying it. I'm fully on it. This is actually not as advanced as it should be. And so I'm going to play in my world. And then I came back. So in this, he's grounded by her. So you can use a lot of these tactics when you're working with clients for anxiety management, uh, meditation, different skills. You use a visual or a thing that grounds you, or maybe specifically getting onto the ground or getting into this type of position or comfortable place in the bed. I curl up like a fucking potato. I don't care what you do, like a burrito. Um, I was thinking what was the coolest part is the flashback between current version of them, old, past version of them, right? Like the teenager. And so, right, there's the beauty of what they see in each other, what they saw in each other. I was also thinking about how me as a clinician, they see this old, decrepit self when they look in the mirror, bipolar, manic, dissociated, crazy shit being thrown at the wall inside their mind. And then you see me that looks at them with this young, energetic, vivacious, loving, kind, empathetic, highly intelligent, gorgeous individual that sits in front of me. They don't see it. They only see this older version, this broken version, but yet I see all the goodness. And that's my question, people. Why do I see this when I see you? Why do I smile when you walk through the door, even though I know you will cry in session? Or maybe you even be angry at me in session. But why do I see this? Why do other people see these good things in you? Are we all wrong? Childhood trauma, maybe the people in your childhood were right. Maybe you were terrible and maybe anxiety and all your fears, but maybe fuck them and you listen to me for once. But who am I? Mean, I? I, think there's, I don't know. I think there's a thing with social learning, you know, like when you even think about it, why did he call himself a monster? Why do a lot of clients look at themselves and they struggle to like see themselves in another light outside of negative? Or, or in another light outside of being, you know, a burden to those that they're around. And it's like, okay, yes, to a certain extent, some of this shit was learned, 
you know, Correct. like during this time period, particularly, you know, having a mental health diagnosis and being in such a position of power and, you know, uh, uh, opportunity, you know, in such a position of privilege, ugh, I couldn't even imagine what that thing was like, yeah. you know, that, that false sense of perfection that you have to carry all the time. Um, and I mean, technically you can even re reflect it back to just being the average Joe here in the United States, the land of the free home, the broken bougie, depending on the day, you know, like for some <laughs> reason, there's this sense of perfection that people are seeking and social media has not helped. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, it's hard to shift your perspective. If all you've been socially groomed to understand is that you need to wear your mask because you're imperfect, but the mask has to be perfect. You know, I just think uh, that very articulate. And, and the, the thing is, we have black and brown folks that are coach switching all the time. We have women that are coach switching all the time. We have gay folks that are coach switching all the time. But now let's tie into some of those intersectionalities where we have folks that are neurodivergent coach switching all the time on top of those identities. So now it's, it is overwhelming. It is devastating. So when they come back home at the end of the day, they are deregulated or they can't function at a nine to five. One of my clients, oh, I love this human to death. I don't agree with her on many things, but I love them to death. They actually quite often frustrate me. And uh, he said, do you think I can actually work a nine to five? I said, yes. But they will have to be appropriate in the way they treat you and speak to you. But this has happened now in multiple jobs. Multiple jobs that people have sucked that you've worked with. But what if it is me? Some of it is you, but also much of it is them. It is them. Because other people are reporting the same issues. And thus it can't just be you. It's happening to other women in the facility. So let's check our reality. Uh, check your realities. If you talk with someone or you consult with coworkers, other people in the family, don't be afraid to speak up. Please speak up. Uh, Spence, I got a funny one for you. Oh, I'm starting to lose it. Oh, there it is. Do you ever, do you ever look at your love? Do you ever look at Dom? And then uh, Dr. Osain goes for you. Do you ever look at your partner and you're like, and you flash back to like the youthfulness of what they, who they used to be and like the joy or, and, you, and you're sitting there or do you ever look at them like, ah, you poor fucking anxiety riddled son of a bitch. I love you. Jesus love you. Christ. I, no. Do you ever look, really <laughs> yeah. do you ever look at them? I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Do you ever look at someone like that and you flashback? I don't know. Are you asking? Do you ever look at them like on how she does, where she flashes back and they see him as this person? Probably no, we've you know, really like been together for almost three years. That's nothing. Do, do you ever go back to the first days and you're like, ah, I remember those pigtails. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I question. You know what? He said this question. I can't do this question. Um, so I would ever so occasionally, right? Because I mean, me and my friend, it's almost been five years together, four years married, and I will admit, ever so occasionally, I will see that same weirdo in middle school that told me that he loved me and he was going to marry me. Oh, there you and, go. You know, well, God the same damn. one I cussed out, right? Sometimes I will see that kid. Facts. And, you know, just kind of thinking about life and how far we've kind of come from where we started. So maybe once or twice, you know, but it's, I will admit, it doesn't happen like that all the time. It's awesome. not like movies 
It's not, it's not, you know. It's not a movie, movie flashback. I get type it. Thing. I get it. None of us are 70, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> hey, yeah. Maybe there's a flashback, you know, I don't know. I don't know how flashback. this shit works. Yeah. Hey, remember last year when I met you? Flashback. That was a great time. <laughs> yeah, I it's don't... changed ever since. You ain't shit since then. Get yeah, the fuck out know, of here. Right? I mean, it is what it <laughs> is. I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say flashbacks where I look at the person. Now I have nostalgic moments where I'll reflect on those moments when I'm storytelling. Because I storytell a lot unless I have to relive the visual. So I'm literally in the right. moment walking through it when I retell stories. So I can never really control the emotions. So they always come up. Uh, one specifically just for me and Spence is when we're sitting at the Capitol on a vacation. And we're oh, just yeah. sitting there looking at the geese and the ducks and the shit everywhere. <laughs> but it's but, pretty cool. Uh, this is a great moment. <laughs> oh, it was like midnight, 1, 1 a.m. And we're just sitting there chilling, vibing. And we're just talking and having a good time. Uh, remember yeah. that scene with Colin in Alaska up on a mountain, right? Uh, him with his kid. Like just, so there's certain moments where you remember and visualize and it brings you back to this thing. But it's not necessarily when you look at them, you see like a different version. But specifically the grounding and you meeting people where they're at. Right. I'm looking back all the friends. Every single friend I've ever had has pretty much been the same context as me and Spence, me and Colin, uh, me and Mike. It's always been about the same food, athletics, shit talking, and then quietness. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes I never even paid attention to it. I'll be talking to my best friend on the phone a long, long time, right? And we'll just talk, and he'll just, he just got the camera on the baby. I'm not saying anything. My dad hops on the camera. I love you so much, baby, Everly. And he'll be saying all this baby talking, all that shit. And I get on the phone. I'm just staring at the kid. <laughs> right? And Colin, I don't, I'm like, damn, am I, am I an asshole for not saying anything? And no, Colin, he just, no, this is just what we, I'm just, that's who I am. Uh, I don't know what the yeah, I make funny noises. You know, I, I do that. You took him away from me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meeting where people were at, I like the way you said that. That can go with friendships as well. Mm-hmm. I want my folks listening to friendships as well. Uh, keep that in mind, folks. We're not just only talking about romance here, we're talking about even platonic love. We're talking about with family members and setting boundaries. And meeting people where they're at uh, and getting you to love yourself so then you can advocate for shit with your professors, boss, whatever it is. If you think that you are disabled, when I was speaking with the Indianapolis NFL Colts the other day, we need to get away from disabled speech. We need to get away from I am completely broken and unshattered. That's the only reason I should go to therapy. No, no, no. You're going to therapy to do an oil change, to talk some shit out real quick. It's just a fucking conversation. You're just one person sitting in front of me having a talk. So that's it. But you are not fundamentally broken, and nor do you need to be to be talking to me. And so as soon as you get to accept that, now you can set better expectations for everyone. And I'm not saying that everyone has to look at you with love and like this deep intimacy, right? I mean, I mean, Spence probably the only times he sees me look like that, that deep passionate love is when he sees that fresh plate of food sit down in front of me and he's like, this motherfucker. Yep. Completely quiet. Doesn't speak one anything. Not nothing. an ounce. Only time he's fucking quiet. That's <laughs> when he's got food in front. You can see if he's got like some dumpling soup in front of him. He's just nothing. Nothing. All you hear is it. That's it. And I'm going to town on some soup. Don't even. Let's not even start on soup. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm fucking hungry. Thinking about it. I just had four bowls yesterday. 
Jesus Christ. Also, so soup, soup is the soup is the reason why I probably have insecurity issues with like dating people. You know, it's like there's substance there and it gets you, but you never really get full, right? I date people and I never really get full, oh, you know God. what I'm saying? There's something there. You, you know? don't do it for me. Right. Yeah. You're like soup. You know, I really don't understand you. Uh like yeah. you're satiating, but for not pizza. filling. Right. Yes. Yeah, all you do is but make me bloated. Good for you. It just looks good and tastes hey, good. Hey, may not be good, but it fills you up. It I'm fills good. you up. It fills up my cup. <laughs> yeah, my relationships have been like a good soup. You know, it's it's just bloating and you pee a lot. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and on that note, okay. <laughs> Spence, you got anything else to add or no? I'm good. <laughs> Dr. O, do you have anything else to add? God, I'm still stuck on the suit comment. <laughs> there you go. You'll be stuck on it for a while. Believe me, he does okay. that. He does that. I stick to you. All right. So with that, um, thank you, everybody, for watching today, <laughs> watching our show. Thank you, Dr. O, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, do you want to give out your socials one more time for the people out there? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Google, or Instagram at Through My Lens Consulting for Instagram at Through My Lens Consulting Services on Google or Facebook. I'll be the one in a yellow blazer and a smile. There, there you we go. go. There you go. Um, also, please check out Bubs Naturals. Use our code DSP20. Get 20% off your order. Yep. We'd really love it. So do that. Um, Coffee, real use quick. This got... MCT oil powder. They also it's got great really for good. Your mind. They got coffee. Great for your body and soul. Sustained energy, brain fuel, right there. Yep. All right, um, and also check out our merch, um, and don't forget to check out the link tree um, and check out any of our um, any of the um, Google Drive that we have with all of the materials, um, apps, um, some you know, some sheets that you can fill out. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that and don't forget to tip because Nas put some time and work into that drop them so, dollars out little dollars dollar dollar bill y'all um <laughs> god <laughs> stripper name for Nas meat Let's and see. cheese oh my I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> mocha lightning we'll call him mocha lightning called diabetes <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. This is the Different Spectrums podcast. Bye. Much love, people. Peace.